Welcome to the HCI Family of Podcasts, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We share our own original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with the HCI family of podcasts. Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Bradley Hamner about how to develop confidence and lead yourself first. Bradley Hamner, welcome to the conversation today. John, great to be with you. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Alabama. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about how to develop confidence and lead yourself first. We talk about leadership all the time on this podcast. Uh, There's so many really great topics under that umbrella. And I think sometimes what gets lost is unless you first develop your own competencies and capabilities and your own leadership potential, it's going to be really hard for you to coach and mentor and develop others around you and those on your team. Pulling down the oxygen mask first, you know, for yourself is kind of the the metaphor for today. And as we develop that confidence and our ability to lead ourselves first, it will only enhance our ability to lead effective teams and effective organizations as well. As we get started, I wanted to share Bradley's bio with everybody. Bradley Hemner is an entrepreneur with a tenacious drive, started his first business in 2009 against all odds. Overcoming initial challenges, he developed effective operating systems through relentless trial and testing. Today, he is a business growth coach and value builder consultant, empowering entrepreneurs to become architects of their own success. He shares his revolutionary blueprint OS methodology, unlocking businesses' true potential and driving remarkable achievements. Again, Bradley, a pleasure to have you. Anything you would like to add by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? You know, I did not have this uh, initial spark that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, business owner. I did not have some uh, selling tomatoes on the side or, you know, I did the lemonade stands when I was younger. So, but sometimes you catch more than what you're taught. My dad's a small business owner to still to this day in the farming industry. And um, at the end of the day, I think that that had a huge influence on me that ultimately I wanted to be able to carve out my own path and started in the corporate America, uh, specifically in pharmaceuticals. And then I wanted to be able to control my own destiny. And so I was one of those weird people who gave up the nine to five to be able to pursue the nine to 11 and, uh, you know, not not 11 a.m. And so through mm-hmm. that was um, certainly some success, but a lot of trial and a lot of mistakes and a lot of uh, yeah. self-reflection along the way. Well, and that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, being an entrepreneur is a messy business, right? Um, yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. And there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, sometimes a lot of downs. And it's, it's as much about resiliency and your ability to, to learn and pivot, you know, as it is, you know, about the, the idea, you know, that, that you have so many people have wonderful ideas, but it's implementing in, implementing them, bringing them to market and doing it in a way that is sustainable. That is really what gets so many people. Yeah. Let's, let's start by 
tapping into this idea of confidence and and for you you know again as an early entrepreneur getting into the space quote unquote failures things that really could be seen as setbacks and challenge your self-conception challenge you know your your thinking around the viability of of your approach all right so i want to go back to something that you said a minute ago because actually what you said is exactly one of our maxims maxims are things that we say and things that we believe And so we have 20 or 30 of them different from core values, but one of them is ideas are everywhere. Implementation is everything. And so Mm -hmm. I think whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or you're, you know, a a middle manager, senior manager, in in, anyway, uh, an employee, at the end of the day, there's so much content out there from podcasts and YouTube videos and books and podcasts, you know, just uh, there's so much out there, Instagram, that we can get addicted to learning and I'm addicted to learning, and then we don't do anything with it. The All of the change, all of the progress that, that I have made personally, and then ultimately in the businesses and with the businesses that I've been able to have the privilege to coach and work with those entrepreneurs, it has only come not from the ideas, but for them actually doing something with it. I'll give you a specific example. So what I want to try to do sometimes is take things from a high level concept and then bring it down to practical. So another one of our maxims is show me, don't tell me. And so in other words, people talk a lot about systems and processes. Well, we will talk about building, let's just say a sales playbook. I was boxing with one of my clients this morning. And so there's a difference between, yeah, that's a good idea. I do need to build that out. I do need to put process scripts and mindset into my sales playbook mm-hmm. versus him actually doing it, typing it out and saying, what is our sales process? Let me actually document what that is. Let me actually, what what are the scripts I want my team to say, text, email, And then what's the mindset around that? And so when he actually does it, takes the time, and it is the hard work that nobody actually wants to confront a lot of times, he actually does it. And then he sends me the document, Word document, Google document, whatever, and says, Notion page, says, hey, take a look at this, give me some feedback. Now we're actually doing something with it. He actually is implementing the thing and doing it versus it just banging around in his head, having it on his to-do list and never doing anything with it. So I really want to make sure that people do get, whether it's this podcast or another one, you're only going to make change by actually implementation of things, not just ideas. Okay. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we think I, I have this framework called MIT. Um, there's a, book called The Most Important Thing. Now, I think the book is written by Howard Marks. I believe um, it, this is not really from that book. It really is just the idea of the, what is the most important thing. And so one day I was, this was years ago, I was chewing on what is the actual most important thing I think you can do for the business? What is the most important thing I think you can do for your team? And what's the most important thing I think you can do for yourself? And this gets into your confidence question. So I think the most important thing you you can do for the business is to spend time thinking about the business. And what I mean by that is you may say, well, wait a minute, you just said that implementation is everything. Yes. But a lot of times as entrepreneurs, business owners, we will get and we will just go, okay, and we'll be emotional in our decision making versus being able to step back, get above the business for a period of time and saying, all right, what is it we're actually trying to accomplish here? And that we uh, talk about a discipline inside the week, which is called thinking time. I got this from Keith Cunningham. 
who wrote the book, um, The Road Less Stupid. And we absolutely believe wholeheartedly in a dedicated one hour time that you get out of the office, go to Starbucks, go to your favorite coffee shop, put on the right kind of music that's best for you and spend time with a pen and a pad, not in your computer, actually mm. gnawing on and thinking about the business. So then number one, I think the most important thing you can do is to think about the business. Number two, I think the most important thing you can do for your team at any level, entrepreneur, business owner, manager, et cetera, for your team is to actually give them your energy. They yeah. are going to feed off of your energy one way or the other. And so you can't give what you don't have, which is a, another way of kind of coming back to your oxygen mask analogy is that you can't help other people if you can't breathe in the event that, you know, yeah. the oxygen mask you actually drop. They say you have to be able to put your oxygen mask on first or you can't give to other people. And if you're running on fumes and you're irritated and we all have days, certainly that 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 it's that way. Yesterday morning, even that way for me was a little bit like that. Um, they will feed off that either negative energy or that positive energy. Like it or not, they are absolutely feeding off your energy. And then number three, I think the most important thing you can do for yourself is to protect your confidence. Business is hard and it gets harder. At any level of business, at any size business, if you're at a half a million dollars or you do 500,000 a month, it doesn't matter. You do 10 million, 25 million a year, $100 million a year business, at the end of the day, I've yet to meet, unless it's a complete narcissist, meet someone <laughs> who does not have doubt, insecurities. I don't think I can do this. Who am I? You know, the imposter syndrome, if you want to call it that. All of these doubts of like, I'm not really sure. I'm kind of presenting that this is the right strategy. I think that this is going to work. I'm not really sure that this is going to work. And so then what are the disciplines, which we can certainly get into that in a minute. What are the things that you then can actually do to protect your confidence. And then I'll add this last thing in before we, I'll throw it back to you, is I don't, I don't think you have to wait until you have confidence to do mm -hmm. something. Yeah, well, you build your confidence as you go. I completely agree with that. And there, there, there's a lot of reasons why people get stuck in the thought process. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, churning ideas. It's good to have the ideation phase, right? And to, to come up with ideas and to take the time to thoughtfully think about the, the strategy moving forward and the challenges you're facing and, and, and wrestling with those ideas is really, really important. But I know so many people that just really just get stuck there. And there's a variety of reasons for that. You know, sometimes it's analysis paralysis. Sometimes it's just the nitty gritty hard work of like implementation and putting things into practice is not something they're really either good at or something they want to do. Um, you know, so a lot of times I'll hear someone say, well, I'm an idea guy. I, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the person who does it, you know, well, someone has to do it. And when you're an entrepreneur, that's usually that someone is usually you. And so you have to be able to translate ideas into practice in some way. So analysis paralysis, perhaps maybe it's just, you don't see yourself as the implementer, or maybe you, you uh, don't feel like you have the abilities to do it well. But I think another piece of this is just the confidence. Like a lot of people, you know, it's, it, it, it can live in their head and be dramatic and like all these great aspirational goals. The moment you start to put it into practice, it becomes real. And that's scary. Uh, for a lot of people, especially if you're lacking in confidence. And so there's a variety of reasons why someone may not get from idea to implementation. Uh, but I think, you know, just acknowledging what that reason is for you is important. 
uh, and whatever steps you can take to just start the process. It doesn't yeah. need to be perfect. Um, you don't need to be super confident right now. You can develop that and build it as you go and build the plane while you're flying it. And you'll have small wins and those small wins can start to steamroll into bigger wins and all that can, can build your confidence. <clears throat> so I really, I really like um, what you were saying about that. And and then once we move into, you know, really thinking carefully about how to to further develop and scale our business, whatever it is, whatever the product or service is, um, as you start to scale and as you start to build a team around you to support what you're trying to do, uh, again, if you're not the best implementer, you better be darn sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are doers, people who get stuff done, who can take ideas and put them into practice. Uh, but that also can be a little, you know, depending, depending on the person's ego, that can be threatening, you know, someone who is taking over perhaps some of the ownership of, of, you know, your idea. And so all of this, you know, again, comes back to this idea of confidence. You also said a minute ago, you, you know, un you said, unless they're a narcissist, you know, they're, they're probably going to have some doubt. They're probably going to have some imposter syndrome or whatever. I actually wanted to ask about that before you even said that, like, how do you balance between confidence and doubt and like developing confidence in yourself while not like being a total narcissist who, you know, just, you know, they, they have the ultimate confidence, right? They think they're amazing. They think everything they're doing is great. That may or may not be true. And so there does need to be a level of intellectual humility, uh, you know, as you're carrying your idea forward into implementation into, you know, the product or service you want to provide any thoughts around that, like balancing mm -hmm. that, or perhaps that's just rare. And, and really it's, it's uh, less of a problem than just building the confidence itself. I do have a very specific answer to that because um, I've actually chewed on this myself a, a, a little bit. Um, I've gotten to where I feel like I'm a much deeper critical thinker than I used to be. Um, and so, for instance, we try to use language and words very intentionally in our programs and what we say, right? A roadmap is a certain thing. A blueprint is a certain thing. People throw around visionary entrepreneur. What does that even mean? integrator, what does that mean? Operator, what does that mean? Operating system, what does that mean? You know, versus like, we just throw around language loosey-goosey. So I'm going to give you a specific answer. I do want to go back to one thing you said, though, that has been really helpful that um, uh, for me around whenever you were saying analysis paralysis, mm -hmm. I now will think it's one of two things. Do I have a lack of options? I actually don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm kind of empty. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to grow my business. Okay, if I don't know what to do, then I know I can go through and acquire or get myself around a lot of times people who have done what it is I'm trying to do, and they can give me strategies. So a lot of times I may feel like I just don't know what to do, or am I overwhelmed with too many options of what to do? Should I go on podcast? Should I run paid ads? Should we run a referral strategy? Should we actually run paid ads and do it this way into a book a call? Or should it be into a lead funnel? Should you write a book? I could keep going, right? I could end up naming 45, maybe more if I we kept listing them out. So am I overwhelmed because I don't know where to choose? Or am I kind of feeling sad because I just don't know what to do? There's two different things. Is it lack of options or am I overwhelmed and have anxiety with too many options? Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So that helps me to push on one side or the other. Now to answer your question, an undeniable stack of proof. And so at the end of the day, 
if someone has an undeniable stack of proof of they have done the thing that they are saying that they are doing, then at the end of the day, there's a level of humility that they're actually being able to say, well, this is what I've done. This, I hope that this serves you. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah. So uh, I think it. I really think it ultimately comes into that because there's so much on social media pontification, speaking out from these things. And you hear all these people who, you know, rent a Lambo for a day to be able to take a picture, so on and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm, there's an, mm-hmm. those are the extreme versions of it. I think that the, 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 the more everyday versions are there's, a, there's posturing because John, I want you to think of me a certain way. I want you to think of me as successful as a business guru. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I need to posture myself around certain things versus what is your undeniable stack of proof that you uh, have been able to do what it is that you're sharing with other people to do. Does that make sense? I guess the the main point here is we want people to develop self-assurance, confidence. We want people to be secure, you know, to not succumb to self-doubt and all of those sorts of things. We also yeah. don't want people to be complete narcissists because <laughs> no, that's not, not healthy either. So, you know, find, finding a balance and just recognizing, I think, again, any entrepreneur, any leader, really, regardless of your role or the size of the organization, you're going to be dealing with hard things and difficult decisions. And you're going to have, you know, it's healthy to have self-doubt. You don't want it to be paralyzed by it, but it is healthy. And so it's okay to lean into that. And like you said, with your experience earlier in your career, you know, you, you really, um, you face a lot of challenges, but you grow from it. So if you can, if you can, uh, face those those challenges, you know, from a, a stance of intellectual humility and a desire to learn and grow, you know, the, and and having a little bit of healthy self doubt, just so that it can prompt you towards further growth. I think that's a really really healthy thing. Uh, yeah. And I actually really worry about people who who really just seem like everything they do is amazing, and and everyone should just be amazed by them. Um, because usually learning is not really happening there, right? Mm-hmm. And and learning is the name of the game. Uh, if you want ongoing development of your product or service, your business, if you want to continue to be relevant in the marketplace, you're going to mm-hmm. have to pivot. You're going to have to be agile. You're going to have to uh, adjust as you go. And that only happens as you learn. Yeah. So I, you know, people talk about um, the practice of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have struggled with that. I'll give you I'll give you a specific example, and then I want to pull this back to how do we? What is a structure or a framework to be able to start building confidence week in and week out? We were in. Uh, I was hosting some of our clients in uh, Kiowa Island uh, just last week, actually for our twice a year uh, in person retreats, and we were on. Uh, um, we were driving in initially and I was sitting with one of my coaches and he was sharing with me about one of his friends who had to have stomach surgery and he had to have his entire stomach removed. I'd never Mm -hmm. even heard about this story. And so the guy has gone on in the last few years to compete in uh, like marathons and triathlons with no stomach. And so he was telling me about how he has to eat throughout the day, basically, because his body has to process it effectively immediately. And I just had so many questions around that. And I thought to myself, man, I have never once even considered showing having gratitude for the fact that I have a stomach. I mean, who would do that? 
until you hear of a story like that. Okay, so I say that to say that sometimes I struggle with the practice of gratitude. So therefore, some people may struggle with this idea, going back to our ideas are everywhere, implementation is everything, this idea of, yeah, I probably do. That probably is a good idea for me to capture wins because that will give me some confidence. Mm -hmm. But how do I do that? When do I do that? What's the actual discipline to do it? So mm -hmm. we teach a concept called the perfect repeatable week. Mm. We know that there's no week that is going to be perfect, but if we can lay one out, I'm actually looking at my Google calendar right now and I have a Google calendar set up. Now we initially map this out pen and paper. We've got a template basically. And we look at it and we say, what are the actual elements? These, you know, the, the rocks, pebbles, sand, water concept. Yeah. Yeah. What are the big rocks that we need to put in our week? Okay. So we put that in. And we do it based on your energy. What's the best energy time that you have to do those things? You, um, mm -hmm. because when you're at your best, it's better for everybody else. Okay. So we look at the perfect repeatable week. And one of those elements, one of those big rocks is what we call Sunday night planning. Now, there are really three main times that people will choose to plan their week. You can call it whatever you want to. It's planning the week ahead. And so it is either Monday morning, which for most people, especially if you have young kids, you're going to have to be getting up early. You might be going to the gym. When are you actually going to find that time? And by the time 8 o'clock, 8.30 hits, you're into the week already and you didn't do the planning. So for a lot of people, they try to do Monday mornings. Some people it works. We teach being able to take off as much as you possibly can, depending on your business, take off on Saturdays. We call it free day Saturdays. And then if you're a person of faith, some people will go to church on Sundays. Regardless, it's usually Sunday mornings as a time of rest. So by the time, if you take off for Saturdays, you get most of the day on Sunday, if you're watching football or whatever, by the time you get to Sunday evening, most of the people we work with are entrepreneurs. They start mm -hmm. clicking over into the week, right? They start mm -hmm. looking at into the week. And so that's the time that we think, hey, let's do their Sunday night plan. And the very first thing that we do is to grab what are the wins from the previous week. And every time, every time, I personally have to go back to my calendar and say, well, what did we do last week? Oh yeah, that's right. I had that, I had that call with John. That was great. That was a great podcast with John. So this coming Sunday, I'll write down what was a win. I you know, had a really great conversation with John on the podcast on Thursday morning. That gives me a little bit of confidence. And then I do, you know what? I actually had a really good sales call Wednesday afternoon and we had great sales training with Liz, my newest salesperson on my team. She gave, she gave great feedback. I had great dialogue on Thursday morning with my team talking about the 2024 plan and what we're going to do. Oh, that gives me a win. And I start to feel a little bit of progress because see, actually for most of us, business owner, entrepreneur, when we get to the destination, we actually realize the joy was in the journey. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of ways we feel most confidence in making progress and so what we do and everything, every if you interact with any of the stuff that we do, every time we run our, our programs called Blueprint, the very first thing that we do, we do a, a quick energy check. Everybody posts, everybody posts in the chat, hey, where's your energy today? Is it green, yellow, orange, or red? And people are honest. Some people jump on and go, I'm red. I'm not feeling well today. I was tired. Didn't get much sleep. Hey, appreciate that honesty. No doubt. Some people are like, I'm, I'm, I'm green today. I feel great today. And the second thing we do, is wins three minutes on the clock. What were the wins from the past week? And every time, 
people say, you know what, that, th that three minutes is really helpful to me. Just carving out the time. That's all it usually takes is to flip back through the calendar, grab the wins from the previous week. And there have been some weeks I can look back on and say, I felt terrible. I had difficult conversations. It was a challenging week. We lost a customer. We didn't make the sales we needed to make. Marketing was this. I looked at the financial budget, wasn't doing well. And it is challenging to find the win. But if I force myself, I start to see, you know what, actually looking that really did help me. I've got a better picture of what we need to do, even though that sucked on Friday, that conversation with so-and-so, mm. you know, was difficult. I actually can take that and pivot it just a little bit, just, just, just a hair of a degree and be able to extract the lesson from that and the opportunity that that's going to come from that difficult conversation because we can be better. And that's why we, that's just one of the big elements that we put in, which is called Sunday night planning inside the perfect repeatable week. So hopefully that gives people a really yeah. tangible thing from this high level of like, how do you protect your confidence to actually, this is literally how we do it. Yeah. Sunday night planning, as you mentioned, I, I think that's really critical. I love the the gratitude component. I love looking for the wins and it may seem, you know, people listening may think, well, yeah, I, I just know that I, I don't need to take time to, to do that. Um, but my experience, and I think your experience is that unless you, you, you carve out the time and explicitly take the time to reflect on those things, a lot of times they get lost. So you have all sorts of things that are wins, all sorts of things that you can be grateful for. Uh, and unless you take the time to reflect on it, you know, they kind of fade into the background and they can get lost am amidst all of the other challenging things and the setbacks and all the things that we face. And again, whether it's a Sunday night or whenever you choose to do it, having a way to, to prepare for and plan for the upcoming week is going to just be so essential to setting like a good foundation for what you're going to be doing. And people talk about the Sunday blues, right? Um, I, everyone has felt that like, you're just so you're not looking forward to going back to work on Monday. You have this hectic week ahead of you man, just having a plan, having an understanding of what you're facing during the week and, and strategically mapping out where you're going to spend your time and put your energy, even when you still know that you have all these challenging things that are going to be facing you in the, the upcoming week. I found that that just really largely removes the Sunday blues. And it's something I, then I get excited for the upcoming week. Um, and, you know, I, I appreciate the weekend that I had, but now I'm excited to just hit things you know, hard uh, the next day. So I, I think those are some really great practical tips. Yeah, I think um, that, so Monday, I don't have as much of Sunday blues, but I definitely do Monday. Monday, Monday <laughs> is a heavy meeting day for me. Yeah. And so if I wait till Monday to plan out the, the week, it just, it just doesn't give me as much of uh, some energy, right? And, and, and remember the most important thing I think you can do, give your team is your energy. So when I look at, look at that, I can go, okay, Monday, heavy meeting day. But when I look at Tuesday and look at Wednesday and I actually build momentum going into the week, like I love doing this podcast on a Thursday morning. I, I love Thursdays and Fridays. I've architected, built the week purposefully to do the things that I want to do that actually move the business forward. Because really Mondays are heavy meetings. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are delivery days. Like I'm actually like just doing the thing that we, that our programs do uh, teach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Thursday, Friday becomes content creation, putting things out, podcasts like this, um, you know, working above the business. People talking about working 
on the business. We think that there's on in and above um, mm. the business. And so I get to do some of those things on Thursday and Friday. And that leads me into a really great Saturdays and, and, and Sundays uh, for me. And then I kind of get to rinse and repeat. But at the end of the day, I wanted to design the business that way and design and architect my week that week that way, which you can see I'm using that language. That language is intentional because I've transitioned from being the rainmaker doing everything to becoming the architect and what architects use, they use blueprints. And so that's why obviously our yeah. program is called blueprints. So we help business owners to be able to build and design the, the business that gives them uh, what everything that they uh, ultimately dreamed of having. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Bradley, this has just been a great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go and get on with your busy day. But before we wrap things up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then any final word on the topic for today? Um, I would, um, well, I think that, first of all, is implement, consider, and invite people to consider implementing looking at their week and saying, what is my perfect repeatable week? Okay. Now we didn't obviously have the time to get into all of the different elements of building a perfect repeatable week. But at the end of the day, what do you want, really want your week to look like from the time you wake up to the time you work out, et cetera. Um, no, that's number one. And then number two, and, and consider inviting, uh, I invite you to consider uh, implementing the Sunday night planning system and starting out with the very first thing is what were the wins from the previous week? And then you can start to turn your, uh, turn your attention to the to the week ahead. But first, go back to the previous week, grab that, actually uh, write it down, type it into Notion, whatever your uh, methodology is going to be, and, and building of, of that discipline. You want to connect with us uh, if you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, um, and this has been somewhat helpful to you, go to businessgrowthcurator.com. And on our webpage is a assessment, takes you maybe five minutes to take. We'll give you around 40 questions or so even a lot of people say just the questions themselves make them stop and have to think. It give you a score and give you some customized feedback on uh, areas that you can improve. Bradley, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Bradley and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and please join us again soon.